All right, my name is Marcel Hall, and uh, I have the privilege and honor to be a minister here in the church. And uh, really, it is a privilege to be able to speak God's Word this morning. Uh, I do want to mention a couple things here. A little quick correction on the slide there. It said our friends and family night was on Wednesday, but no, it is actually on this Friday. And so, again, if you're joining us online or in person, we love to have you join and connect with us. Please message us or come to us uh, at, the, uh, at the table there, and we can get you connected. Also, a couple things we didn't get a chance to announce last week, but Andrew Castaneda was baptized in Christ. Come on. Stand on up, brother. Stand on up. You got to stand up. You got to stand. There you go. Andrew's fired up right there. And also some really encouraging, inspiring news. Uh, we had a couple get engaged last night. Jason and Christine, go ahead, stand on up. Amen. There you go. And once you have a baby, make sure to bring your balloon as well on their birthday. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I see we have some people representing. Uh, obviously, the Lounsberries are going for the Rams. Do we have any people that are also going for the Rams? Do we have any people going for the Bengals? Very few. Are there any people like me mourning that your team didn't go to the Super Bowl? There you go. You still represent with the 49ers. I appreciate that. I haven't worn 49ers since they lost. I don't want to have a conversation. And so we're going to continue thoroughly walking through the truth that we belong to God. And so we have discovered, rediscovered, renewed our understanding of this truth and the implications and ramifications it has upon our lives. And so we've talked about, hey, you know what? We belong to God because we are God's creation. And why did God create us? Well, he created us so that we could belong in a familial relationship with him and the rest of his creation. And then we looked at it and we said, okay, well, what does it also mean? What else does that mean to belong to God? Well, it means that God defines our true identity. And then we have certain things that make us up, but truly it's God who gives the full picture when we transition from being his creation to being his child. And then we have Pablo come last week and help us to understand that we belong to God's story. And so these are just several of the things, and for the next couple of weeks here, we're going to continue to look at the implications and ramifications of what it means to belong to God. But right now, let's take a moment here. What are some other things as you think, hey, I am a child of God. This, therefore, this is what that means for me and everyone else. What are some other things that you can think of when you think of the idea and the truth that you belong to God? Let's go ahead and have a couple people share here. What are some things that come to mind? What does it mean for you? Yes, sir. There's no need to be afraid of death. Okay, awesome. Appreciate that. Others, what are some implications there when we talk about this idea of belonging to God? Yes. God's creation is my playground, and I get to enjoy it. All right. Awesome. Any other things that come to mind? Yes. Yes. 
No matter what's going on in life, there's someone who's working in, in, in and through all this. Okay, good. Yes, one more. We're, I'm sorry, go ahead. Because we belong to God, we're servants of righteousness. All right. So we're actually going to be talking about so, several of those things that were mentioned over the next couple of weeks. And so it's Super Bowl Sunday. And as we think about this, the thing that came to mind as we belong to God is that we are overcomers. If you and I, if we are children of God, that means that we are overcomers. In this Super Bowl, we have teams that have faced adversity. None of them easily walked through the season. In fact, just even if they had a blowout victory, they still had to overcome the opponent. Are you with me? And so we know, even if you've been watching the season or not, we know that they have had adversary during the season, but they have overcome and overcame those challenges. And even today, the winning team will be the one who overcame the challenges. And the loser of today, hopefully it's not the Rams, right? The loser will be the one who was unable to overcome the challenges. But if we are in Christ, that means that you and me, we are overcomers in life. That no matter what the circumstance, because of Christ, we will be victorious. Overcomers and conquerors. And in fact, because it's Super Bowl Sunday, the title of the lesson here today is, We Are Super Conquerors. We are super conquerors. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Father in heaven. God, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you this morning. God, already we have been filled up as we've been able to sing out to you, as we've been able to pray and encourage and strengthen one another and hear more good news. But God, I'm excited about this truth that you are enabling us to be overcomers through Christ. God, I pray that you cast to the side any distraction that will be an impediment of your message today. And God, may you communicate where you want every single soul to hear. May we walk away encouraged, not just for the day, but having a new resolve and conviction about who you are and what it means to belong to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so the main message, the main point again is that since we belong to God, then we are super conquerors. We're going to go over to Romans chapter 8. We've been looking in the book of Ephesians. We're going to take a little quick look in Ephesians. We'll get back to Ephesians next week, but we're going to branch out here in Romans. And in Romans chapter 8, we're going to read this verse that many people are very familiar with. And in fact, the book of Romans, or, or really the chapter of Romans 8, some have considered, some scholars would consider, this is kind of the mini Bible within the Bible kind of gives you the whole understanding of God's message and God's creation and the response to the gospel. But some have called Romans chapter 8 the greatest chapter in all of Scripture. And we'll look here at the latter part of Romans chapter 8 for our time here. But in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, it says, And we know, let's stop right there. And we know. How important is knowledge? Very important, right? I know we have a lot of educators. Eric, you're one. How important is knowledge to you? 
Very important as an educator, right? He wants to make sure that we have knowledge of the material, but it's important that we understand that, again, knowledge is essential for our faith in Christ Jesus. And in fact, we're going to go over to Ephesians because Paul, the writer, to, to the, the writer of the letter of Ephesians, which we call Ephesians, he, he, he has these points in chapter 1 and chapter 3 in which he says, you know what, guys, here's my prayer for all of you. And he starts to lay out, hey, here's what I pray for as I think and consider you. And in Ephesians chapter 1, we take it up, he says in verse 15, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith, in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who, we, who believe. Then over in chapter, uh, ooh, man, did I not have chapter three there? All right, let's go back there. All right, all right. Well, maybe I don't, but go ahead and turn over in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter three. All right, Ephesians chapter three, you're like, oh man, I thought the scripture was gonna be on there. It was, and now it's not. So if you don't have a Bible, go ahead and share with someone next to you. You don't know them, get a chance to introduce yourself real briefly there, all right? And in Ephesians chapter 3, again, he's talking about a prayer that he has for God's people. And in Ephesians 3, verse 17, it says, So that, where, and, uh, part B there, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Verse 19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What is he saying in these passages? Paul understands it's important, it is vital for you to grow, for you to have all the things that God intended that you know God better, that you know the inheritance that you have, that you know what you are a part of, and not just to know it, but as we see in, in chapter 3, but to grasp it. There's a difference between knowledge and grasping something there, isn't there? Like there's a difference between knowledge and conviction. God wants us to go from knowledge to conviction. What's conviction? It means something you are convinced of. For example, I am convinced that the 49ers should have played in the Super Bowl. I am convinced of that. You can say Marcel, because Kyle tried to do this the other day to me. He said, well, you guys really shouldn't have even been there. I, I, I said, Kyle, you are completely wrong in that assessment. We didn't get there because of a particular situation. I'm sorry. All right, Lord, keep me focused. But you can make the argument, Marcel, they, they, they just made it to the playoffs off the last season. 
they, they, they won 10 games and lost seven, and they were the lowest seed in their particular part of the bracket. So you should just be happy. Now, if I just knew or believed that, I would be shaking and go, oh, you're right, Kyle. But because I'm convinced, it doesn't matter what he says, because I'm going, no, they should have been there. You see, there's a difference between knowledge and conviction. You can say, Marcel, you're convinced of something wrong. That's totally fine, but you guys get my points. God wants to go from just knowing about him, knowing his will, knowing what to do, to being convinced of who he is, who we are, and what he's called us to do. Church, are you with me? And why? It doesn't stop there. He wants to go from knowledge to conviction. Why? Because then it produces change. We can all believe something, but it doesn't mean we're fully convinced of it. But when we're fully convinced of something, that changes what we do, doesn't it? When you realize not to put your hand on the stove. You might have knew that in principle. Maybe mom and dad said something to you. But once you realize maybe by mistake or by, by, by maybe you got a little, a little butt whooping or, or maybe you hurt yourself with some fire, you realize, whoa, I will never do that again. When maybe when you went on a roller coaster, you were a little nervous at first. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Can I do this? You come up off the roller coaster and you're like, that was awesome. Let's get on it again. You went from knowledge to conviction to what? Being changed in your decision making. God wants to, to, to go from knowledge to conviction to change. And this conviction from God that he wants us is that God will carry us through to have victory in life. Let's go back on over to Romans chapter 8. Church, are you still with me? It says, and we know, not we think, hope, and hope, and when we use hope in the Bible, it's, it's, it's full confidence, but hope when we use it means kind of wishy-washy, cross our fingers hope, right? Knock on some wood type hope. It says, no, and we know, we are convinced, we have seen it, therefore we know it is true, that in all things, how many things? All things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The Holy Spirit is trying to tell us, hey, you guys know this, but I need to remind you so that you can be fully convinced, so that you can have that sense of security, so that you can go ahead and persevere in life. Hey, God is working no matter the circumstance. Well, something happened to me that's not good. That doesn't mean that God has left you. That means God's going to work, work through that situation. He says, we know that in not some things, not in just the good things, but in all things. Does that include bad things? Yes, it does. And we know that in all things, God works for the good. Of who? Of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Who is that? That's the people of God. That's his creation. No, that's his children. That's, those are the people that he defines. I saw this quote. It says, when we find ourselves in trying circumstances in life, we can know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Read literally. It tells us that nothing happens outside of God's plan for our good. So no matter what happens, God is saying, I will work through this, not just something, but I'm going to work it out for your good. 
And so when we are convinced of this truth, this will enable us to overcome any challenge. Well, what about this challenge? And what about this? If we are convinced that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, then that means that you will overcome the challenge. Let's continue reading. Verse 29. It says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Remember, God is trying, he's working things out so that we can become like Christ. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then? shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can see why some people think this is the greatest chapter in Scripture. What is it saying there, brothers and sisters? It's saying that you and I, that we, God's people, His chosen, His beloved, we have victory in Christ. We have victory in Christ. And it goes on and it says, let's look back, it says, we are more than conquerors. You know, the way they translate that, it's like they're saying, look, you're not just conquerors. You're more than conquerors. It's like my, like my son does this now. He's three years old, and so he'll say something and like, oh, Papa, it wasn't good. It was super good. You know what I mean? We've all done that, right? Like, you're trying to describe, you're like, no, it wasn't just this. It was super that. And that's what the scripture, you can actually translate this scripture and you can say, hey, you're not just conquerors, you're super conquerors. And that's what the scripture's saying. It says, look, no, 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 you're not just conquerors. You're not at that level. Guess what you are? You're super conquerors. You're more than conquerors. Conquerors of what? The spiritual battle. Conquerors of persecution, criticism, hatred. Conquerors of hard times, tragedy, discouragement, disappointments, trials, tribulations, sin and temptation. It says you're not just a conqueror of that, you are a super conqueror of that. 
And there's no guarantee or promise of a problem-less or problem-free life, but there's a guarantee and a promise that you will overcome whatever problem and challenge there is in life. How does that strike you? You're not a conqueror. You're a super conqueror. Conquering life. Again, how does that strike you? What would happen if you were convinced that this is true? How might this affect your life if you were convinced that you were more than a conqueror? What effect might it have on your decisions? on your relationships. Well, since this is true, then how can that help you with your current challenges today? With that health challenge, with that phone call from your mother or father, with that message about your child, maybe those relationship challenges your struggle with sin and temptation or addiction, financial fears, your career and school concerns. If this is true, how can that be helpful and beneficial for you today? You see, when we truly know who we belong to, then we will believe God's plans and purposes for our lives and we will become who he created us to be. So what does this require from us? Well, I believe it requires us to adopt a new mentality and to persevere. Mentality and perseverance. Brothers and sisters, I believe this is a call for you and me to adopt a new philosophy or mentality that we are overcomers. I highlight the idea of adopting it. When you adopt something, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, it is no longer owned by anybody else, but belongs to you. We need to adopt, that means take ownership of a mentality that we are overcomers. It's not something that we just like on social media. It's not something that we just might agree with when things are good. It is our mentality. It is part of our identity. We are more than conquerors. God is victorious, so his people are victorious. That means we see ourselves as overcomers. You know, too many of us see ourselves as victims than overcomers. We are a victim of society. I'm a victim of my family. I'm a victim of my neighborhood. I'm a victim of my small group. I'm a victim of the church. I'm a victim of that minister. I'm a victim of... And we might not say that out loud, but that's our mentality. If it wasn't for them, then I would be in this place. Is that not true? If it wasn't for a so-and-so, what they did, or if so-and-so was so much better, if my wife just cooked a little better, 
then maybe I'd be a better husband. If my parents were a little nicer, then maybe I would do my homework. It's the teacher's fault. Teacher says no. Again, too many of us see ourselves as victims, but in Christ, that's not who you are. In Christ, you're an overcomer. In Christ, you're a conqueror. No, you're more than a conqueror. So stop seeing yourself as a victim because a victim mentality never wins. Let's think of the Super Bowl today. If the players on the Rams team go, well, man, this stinks. Oh, man, we messed up. There's a flag that's just throwing the towel. Will they win? If the Bengals go, oh, man, there's an interception or this. Oh, man, see, if it wasn't for, man, I, they're going to lose. Whenever you and I look at ourselves as victims as opposed to being overcomers, we will never win. So this is why our mentality, our view of ourselves, but most of all, our view of God and who we are in God needs to be conquerors. Parents, we need to help our kids be overcomers and not victims. Don't give in to, you're right, it is the teacher's fault. No, what are we going to do even if it is the teacher that's doing something that's not right? We need to make sure, brothers and sisters, as we help one another, know you're not a victim of the circumstance, you're an overcomer, so how can you get through this? Brother and sister, with Christ, you can overcome this. This doesn't mean we're not patient or anything. No, it's building. This is truly what we call encouragement, to give courage. We have to make sure that we see ourselves, brothers and sisters, we see ourselves as those who conquer why? Because the king of kings conquers. And it says that we conquer not on our own strength, but through him who loves us. We are not victims because Jesus wasn't a victim. Jesus was a conqueror. What did he do? He fought until what? He overcame what he was feeling and went to the cross. He endured the ridicule and persecution why? I'm a victim. He was a victim of the circumstance. But is that how he saw himself? Is that what he did? No. Okay. No, he overcame and still had faith. And then the Lord raised him up. What does he do for us? Whenever we're facing persecution, if we have faith, if we have the mentality and we persevere, we too will be raised in whatever the situation may be. Can I get an amen? You see, God can and he will see you through. So then perseverance is required as well. You see, we can believe this. We can be convinced of this on Sunday at 11.15, but Monday at 2.30 p.m., will we still hold on to this? Because I don't know about you, but for me, this can be real slippery. It's like, man, my hands are wet, and I hold on to it, and I had a grasp, but as I kept going, it got real slippery, and it started to drop. Can you relate it all? And so this is why... The mentality starts to kick in, but guess what? The action of perseverance starts to kick in. That means I push through the circumstance. I'm losing that mentality, but I'm going to keep pushing so that when the mentality kicks in, victory is right there. Earlier this week, 
uh, you know, I've been praying and thinking about all these things. I'm like, okay, God, man, you know, you're teaching me this. I believe you want me to teach this. Again, uh, I'm always trying to look, okay, how does this apply to me right now? How does this apply to me? I never want to just preach something that, that, that I know first and foremost doesn't apply to me. So I was like, okay, God, you, 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 you're there, and I'm praying about this. I'm like, man, this is so cool that, that you're an overcomer. And then this issue that came up the day before, and I started praying about it. And I was like, God, um, I had just finished saying, God, how great it is that you're, that you're an overcomer, that I'm an overcomer, right? I said, but God, can I tell you about, about this situation? You know I'm kind of struggling with yesterday. And so as I started praying about it, I started praying about it, and, and then the more I started telling God about it, the more and more faithless I got about it. And I kept getting more faithless. And I realized as I was doing this little prayer walk, I, you know, I think the Holy Spirit kind of slapped me and said, boy, shut up and listen. And he said, hey, remember you just prayed about being an overcomer. And so then I was like, that's right, okay. I need to, I need to, I need to, re, I, I need to retract here. I need to go back. Okay, God, this is where it applies. I'm thinking about a situation. I'm talking to you about it. It's, it, it. I'm getting more faithless about it. But you're an overcomer, so therefore I will overcome. Therefore the situation will be used for your good. And so I kept praying, and I got to the point where I was resolved, like, God, it's going to work out. And, you know, by the grace of God, he answered that prayer. The next day, it was resolved. But I just remember, I go, wow, you know, I have to keep fighting. I have to keep praying until I'm convinced once again. Because if I just stop, therefore my mentality drops and I'm no longer an overcomer. I'm a victim again. Brothers and sisters, the call is to stop giving in, stop giving up, and start fighting for what's true and what's right. We are conquerors. No, you are more than a conqueror. You're a super conqueror in Christ. So the call is to persevere, to do what's right and true. We're praying until we get to that point. That's what Christ did in the Garden of Gethsemane, didn't he? He had a prayer. Those who don't know, Jesus, before he was going to die on the cross, he went to this garden. He had to pray. He said one, one prayer wasn't good enough. Uh, I'm still emotional. I'm still feeling resistant about doing this. When a second time, still felt like I need a third time to pray. That's the king of kings. What more prayer and time and energy do we need? That's why we persevere. We make a decision. You know, I'm going to keep praying. You know what? Uh, 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 my spouse might not be doing what's right, but I'm going to do what's right in this moment. Did you hear that? My spouse might not be doing what's right in this moment, but I'm still going to do what's right in this moment. My parents might not be treating me the way God wants me to be treated, but I'm going to respond and treat them the way God wants me to respond and treat them. My roommates might be in sin, but I'm going to do what's right in this situation. It's a call to persevere, to go to God, to go to each other, to go to God in prayer, to go to the scriptures, to have God's people fill us up with the truth and reminder that we're conquerors in Christ. That's why it's so important that we are knee deep in the scriptures, knee deep in prayer, that we're fully committed to one another relationships. This helps recalibrate our mentality 
gives us the faith and confidence and therefore the action and decisions in which God produces victory. And so this is a call, brothers and sisters, to persevere, to get open again about those temptations and those sins, to get open again to confess what's really going on in your hearts, to make a decision again, even though maybe I've been hurt in the past, ridiculed, or maybe if I had people leave the faith, I will again step out and share the good news of Jesus. Make a decision that I will persevere and again talk about the pain and grief that I'm going through for my tragedy or loss. To make a decision again to open up the Bible and pray. I don't feel like it, but I'm still going to do it. Make a decision to persevere and do once again to get with that brother and that sister. And to have that discussion with that brother or that sister. To persevere and again get in the car and meet up with your small group. I don't feel like it. It's inconvenient. But I'm going to push through those feelings. Make a decision again to, to get in your car, to call Uber or whoever it is, to go to that ministry event. Because you know that will help your mentality and persevere. And guess what? Again, victory is right there. Brothers and sisters, this is important that we remember that we are more than conquerors. Not because you are something special, although you might be. But you're special because you're God's special possession. And because God is a conqueror. And you are part of God's family that makes you super conquerors through him who loves you. So let's remember who we belong to. And then let's make a decision to persevere. As we conclude, Jesus was an overcomer and a super conqueror. His followers have the same spirit and also are overcomers. God is victorious and will enable his children, his prized possession, to be victorious as well. God says you are more than conquerors. That's who you are. So let's adopt a new mentality and make decisions daily to persevere. Let's close out in Romans chapter 8. Church, are you still with me? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for we face death all day long, we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Since we belong to God, we are super conquerors. Amen.